Hey everybody, this is Eddie Huser. Welcome to week two. This is episode two of the Winners Win podcast with me as your host. I just wanted to take a few minutes from the beginning to kind of give a little bit more background about myself, kind of where I come from, why I wanted to do this, why I'm passionate about some of this stuff, and maybe it can help me relate to you, the listener, and I thank anyone who's listening in. I First and foremost, again, this has been something that's on my on my mind for quite a while now, and I think it's just one of those things that you, you want it to be perfect, you want to try to have the perfect game plan, but ultimately it just comes down to doing it, you know, and, and getting it out there and, and kind of putting it out there for people to critique and and give feedback to and, and kind of adjust as you go. So just to be transparent, that, that that's what I'm going to do. Um, I don't have a ton of experience in this, but I think we're going to, we're going to learn as we go um, and just hopefully start to generate some, some good conversation. So me, um, I, I was born and raised in, in Philadelphia, about 31 years, lived there come from a, a middle-class blue-collar background and family, had a good life, you know, good childhood, no, you know, obviously struggles and, and adversities and things like that, but, you know, no, no different than anybody. Became a police officer at the age of 25, was a police officer in North Philadelphia, um, and then left that, that career in 2018 and, and kind of moved into something else. I think my history, just to, to let the let the average sports fan in Philadelphia or or elsewhere know, I I came up you know very much in the inner city, uh, Northeast Philadelphia. Spent some time living in in the city, in in the uh, further towards downtown, but you know grew up in the city. Was a city kid. Went went to Catholic school and was was brought into Philly sports at a young age. You know, at 1993, I'm, I'm six years old. Phillies go on that unbelievable run and ultimately lose to the Blue Jays. And, and I remember sitting there getting my heart broken at six years old when Joe Carter hits a walk-off home run and, and take that into, you know, the mid-90s and the Flyers and, and getting swept by the Red Wings. And then, you know, the 0-1 Sixers, which, which may have been one of my top three teams that, that I ever was a fan of just, just loved that team, the way they played and what an exciting run. You know, I'm 14 years old at the time and what a fun, fun team to, to be a part of. And then, you know, you take that into, into some of the other heartbreaks of the, those NFC championship games with the Eagles and the Super Bowl, obviously in 2004, 2005 and, and just, just so on and so forth. And so, I, I have all the heart heartaches that that everybody else has in Philadelphia. Uh, maybe you know more than some more than others, but I think to me it's just understanding what it's like to be from Philadelphia, understanding what it's like to 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 have to struggle. You know, it's a very blue collar city. Understanding what it's like to to deal with loss and get your heart broken and and those type of things, and that that's what that's what makes us who we are, right? So just to know that that I understand it, 
You know, I, I remember in 2011, Game 5, Phillies Cardinals, lose one nothing with Roy Halladay on the mound. And I remember not coming out of my room for, for five days after that and just, just feeling that, you know, and living with that. And I think what happens is, you know, we become as fans, as sports fans in general, but specifically in Philadelphia for whatever reason, we haven't had much success as far as winning championships and things like that and that can kind of for whatever reason carry into your personal life right like you you become conditioned to expect bad things you become conditioned to think negatively and so with this podcast every week what I'd like to do is from a perspective of of like I just described my background and being a Philadelphia sports fan and, and, you know, some of the things that are unique to us, I'd like to try to do a few things. One, you know, just be transparent with some of the struggles that I've had personally. And I think some of the things that I'm going through, even as we speak and what I'm doing and what I've learned and and little techniques and strategies I'm trying to do to, to implement in my life to try to improve that and change. And that that's not me preaching. That that's things maybe I've picked up and, and you know, I'd be interested to hear what anyone else has kind of gone through or, or things that they've done. I always like to try to, you know, I, I like what Jalen Hurts says, let's get one percent better every day. And I, I like that mindset. And then two, you know, talk a little bit about Philadelphia sports and then maybe even sports on a national level. And kind of whatever the, the, the hot topic discussion is. And then depending, you know, the, the season, like I'm going to, I'll try to give you guys a pick. I, I like to try to pick a good game for the week. For those of you who like to, like to, you know, um, bet on a game here and there. So I think, you know, first, just to go back to what I was saying, I, I think as Philadelphia fans and as sports fans in general, sometimes we have a little bit of a negative mindset. We go in and you know, I, I watch the game with, with my dad, who, who's 65, and, you know, it's funny to just be mindful of what he's saying during an Eagles game. Every comment is doomsday. You know, this guy stinks. Fire this guy. Um, the, you, you know, the other team gets the ball back. Oh, my gosh, they're going to get ready to lose. Watch this. Watch this. And so the, the mind is so programmed to think negative. And when you're in that, if you're not mindful over your thoughts and you're in that, it's it's very easy to get caught up in it, but it's funny when you step away and then you watch from the outside in, and you're and you're being very mindful over your thoughts of seeing. Man, this is almost you're almost speaking this into existence, right? So just just to then again put that in our personal life, I think it carries over. It's not it's not separate. You know, in life, one thing I'm trying to work on here as we just reached a new year is. I fully admit I, I've been very sloppy with my thoughts. I, I don't I haven't been mindful over my thoughts. My thoughts, you know, your thought you have a thought and then your thought becomes an emotion and then the emotion becomes the action, right? So if you're not mindful over your thoughts, and all of us can kind of be pro you know most of us are programmed through media, social media, um just some of the the craziness that has gone on in the world, especially recently in the last few years, to try to, if you're not mindful, 
and you don't aren't aware of what's coming in and what you're thinking about and conversations you're having and how you're reacting, it, it's more likely than not that you're, you're going to be negative and end up in a bad place. And so I just think, you know, one thing that I've tried to implement recently, especially in the last few years, but more specifically just in the last week as we turn into a new year is things like meditation, you know, take 10 minutes a day and just kind of close your eyes and be with your thoughts and understand that thoughts come and go. Where do they come from? You know, they don't have to always get a reaction out of us. We don't have to react on a thought that we have. We can accept the thought and move on. We get to tell ourselves our own story. You know, it's funny. I I heard this guy on this podcast one time talk about, you know, you tell yourself the story. Every situation you can turn negative or positive. So if you if you retrain your your brain to have gratitude and to think positively, every situation you find you can spin it, and, it, and it's just a training. It's a bicep curl for the mind. So I think as Eagles fans, sports fans, but Eagles fans more specifically, we're conditioned to be negative. Sometimes we're emotional. Remember. Um, when the Phillies had that run and, and Jimmy Rollins said, we're front runners. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with, with, with him. But looking back on it, I, I don't think it's front runners. I think it's, again, emotions. So we have an emotion, the team has a bad loss, and we react. And so I think, one thing that we can kind of take from this Eagles season, which is going to end tomorrow night, is that trying to tell ourselves a different story. Look, this team is 9-7, and seven and we'll see how they end up after tomorrow. But th- this is a positive year. You know, very early in the season, it was it was fire Sirianni, get rid of Hurts, he's not the guy, he doesn't have the yarn. Again, focusing on all the negatives, of course you're going to find negatives. But instead, now that we can look back after a full body of work, and we don't know the outcome of tomorrow or the playoff game, but to me it doesn't even really matter, what happened? You have a young coach, you have an extremely young quarterback, You have a total rebuild, which most fans thought. So looking at it as a whole, it should be a positive. Hey, what a great starting place. A few high draft picks, a quarterback that checks a lot of boxes, a young coach that has the respect of the locker room, who has um, the ability to adjust, who is kind of a down-to-earth guy. And so... You can start to see how you can spin the story. And, you know, I think that we can do that in all areas of our life.
Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross, a two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Alby. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Pam and Shepard as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? You can always find someone who has it worse than you. You can always find the silver lining in any situation. It's easy. To, it's easier to be negative and put your head down and talk about how hard everything is and why everything doesn't go your way. But it still doesn't change the situation. You know, it doesn't... I, I was watch, I'm watching this thing, Man in the Arena, on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's a really good documentary about the Patriots and Tom Brady's era with the Patriots. And, and he talks about that, you know. He talks about, you know, complaining, blaming people, you know, always picking the negative, that that doesn't help us. It's, hey, here's the situation we're in. What are we going to do about it? And so I think it would be healthier for all of us. Look, I don't expect we're not going to rip the quarterback and the coach when things go wrong and all that. But I think just some of the up and down, you know, you just look at this season, how from week to week it was fire him, keep him, fire him. Uh, we love Hurts. We hate Hurts. Put Minshew in. Hey, let's just take a breath and try to enjoy the moment. Because the negative moments are going to find us. There's going to be tough times in our life and in sports. So when we can find positives, when we can find the silver lining, I think let's try to do it. And to just, just transition here, I think you look, at, you look at a hot story right now as this Antonio Brown story. I'm sure mostly everyone knows about it at this point where he... It's such a crazy story. I, I mean... You see him last week on the sideline, and he's taking his taking his shoulder pads off, and he's and he's he's acting erratic. And to the average person, I mean, you could see he he doesn't look healthy mentally. Um, you just look into his eyes, and you can kind of see like something's off with this guy. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's taking something. I, I just don't know if he if he's having a mental breakdown. But but again, his emotions are controlling his actions. I mean, he. If if even if his story so he his story is basically I was injured, I couldn't go in, and they told me, you know, I'm done. Even if that's true, you 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 just start to get undressed on the sideline and, and make a make that kind of scene after a team that brought you in and had your back over and over and a quarterback who had your back over and over and still seems to have your back. It's just, it's just crazy. I mean, this guy, the old, the old adage, a leopard doesn't change its spots. I mean, it's true. I would, I would maybe believe his story if he didn't have a history of this behavior, but you look back to the Steelers and the Raiders and even the Bucks. I mean, it's just a constant. And now this crazy story about the, the girl who he snuck into his hotel room, who now maybe or maybe not has COVID. And it's just, it's just crazy. And 
you know, he's going to unfortunately have to learn the hard way. I don't think he'll play again. I think he will have a lot of regrets later in life, but he never, for whatever reason, I think a lot of people may be this way, but for whatever reason, he acts out differently. He never learned to control his emotions. As soon as he has an emotional feeling or something happens in his life, he reacts. And without thinking, without really being prudent upon, okay, well, what is this decision going to happen? You know, what's going to happen after I make this decision? What's my future going to look like? What's going to happen an hour from now? And he, he's not able to, to be in control of his emotions. And so he reacts and then things like that happen. You just have to, like Brady said, you have to have compassion for a guy like that. Uh, you know, you don't know what's going on in his head. He, he's he's never going to probably get to play again, which I don't think he should. But it's just, it, it's sad. It's, a, it's sad when you see that kind of mental deterioration in front of your eyes, especially on that kind of, you know, national scale. Because he's a great talent, but he just is unable to control himself. And the, and the last the last thing I just, you know, I know is another hot topic is, is this Aaron Rodgers thing. This guy from that votes on MVP, Hub, or, or some some strange name, came out and basically says, "Hey, this guy's the biggest jerk in the league. I'm not voting for him." It's just amazing to me. You know, I, I never have been a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I think, he, again, he's a great talent, but he's a guy that, you know, for whatever reason, has has come up short a lot and. For whatever you know, there's other things that I, I haven't loved about him, but you can make no mistake. This guy, this guy is. If he's not MVP, it's probably Brady. Which I think you could make an argument for Brady. I mean, Brady's had to deal with a lot of of, of things now, especially with with this some of the injuries recently and et cetera. But you know, it's it's probably one or two. Now, if you want to get into the Jonathan Taylors. And you want to start getting into some defensive players like Parsons, and you know, I think I think you can make the argument. But Rodgers is is at the top. I mean, he's in the he's in the mix. This guy, especially after the off season that they had, I mean, he's locked in right now. If you're if you're unless you're being biased, this guy is in a zone that very few quarterbacks ever attain. He's seeing everything. Everything's on the money. There's not a throw he can't make. They're winning football games. They're probably going to get home field. One of their losses came when he wasn't even playing. So really, they have two losses. Here's this guy. And let me just get his name real quick so I don't... Here's this guy, Hub Arkush, if I'm saying that correctly, who votes for MVP, who says, he doesn't have my vote. He's the biggest jerk in the league. Well... Maybe so, but now we're we're voting on most valuable player, which is a performance-based metric, and we're adding in personal opinion or let's let's just be fair, political opinion, political ideology into that conversation. And look, I know in baseball that's happened for a while 
for Hall of Fame. There's certain guys that aren't well-liked, like Kirk Schilling, who probably is a Hall of Famer, but but just isn't getting voted for. But, you know, it's very dangerous. And, and look, I understand politics and all that stuff has, has entered every, every institution and every realm of our life. It just, you don't want it to continue to enter sports. This is where people go for an outlet. Whether you like someone or not, personally, or their opinions or their politics does not have anything to do with the vote. So I agree. I heard Dan Orlovsky um, on ESPN earlier talking about, I don't think this guy this guy should be removed from voting. I agree. Because now he wants to apologize and say, oh, I made a mistake. Well, now you put it out there. So now the conversation's out there. So now you've pressured other voters. You've put that little tidbit in their mind. And now you, you've done the damage. So the damage is done. So I think if they win this week, Unless it's Brady, unless it's maybe a few of these other guys, but I think it, you know it probably should be him. I think it would be beneficial to the league if it was him. You know, it's a it's a stance that look I, we don't care about any of the other stuff. It's it's play. It's how you lead your team. It's success on the field. If we don't acknowledge that, if we start to just kind of cook the book, so to speak as to who the voters like, then there's no point of the award. You you lose all integrity of the award. It's no longer about play. It's about falling in line with whatever you're being told or or whatever whatever the voters want you to be like, what kind of person they want you to be. It's subjective. I mean, to say he's the biggest jerk in the league, that's subjective. I don't know. I mean... You're not precise in that comment. You'd have to go through every single player in the league. You'd have to interview every player in the league. You'd have to do background checks on every player in the league. And then you'd have to make an an assessment of, okay, this guy seems to be the biggest jerk in the league. But if you ask 100 other people, they they may give 100 other answers. So, again, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's 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 childish, really. And it's it's just, I guess it's par for the course, but... It's just, um, it's something that I think everybody should take a stand against because you, you don't want that kind of stuff to start to penetrate conversations like most valuable player. And so the, the last thing before we kind of close out, I want to try to give a, a pick of the week. I think when I, in, in my past, when I've kind of just gone with, with my gut on, on picks, you know, picking games is one of those things it's hard to do, especially if you're trying to pick a lot. But I'd like to try to pick one out, you know, one game that jumps out to me. In a week, like week 18 in the NFL, it's it's hard to, you really have to kind of parse through and say, okay, well, who's playing? Who's not playing? What teams need it? You know, need becomes huge. And who, who's going to uh, be focused? And who's going to be looking to the next week? So there's some games that just honestly... They're just hard games to handicap. One game that I think jumps out to me for need, for rivalry, for playoff implications is 49ers at Rams. Right now, 49ers getting four and a half points. I like the Niners. They own the Rams. I think they won the last seven games with the Rams. I just, you know, they need it. They need it to get in. I think they're they're a pretty good team. 
We got to see them in week two against the Eagles here in Philly. I think you're going to get your money's worth with that plus four and a half. It's not a game that I that I love, love, but it is a game that stood out to me as, hey, that team's going to be focused. That's it, it's it's win or go home. It's a playoff game for them. It's a division game. I don't know, you know, I I still don't know about the Rams. The Rams are like a weird team to me that I I don't fully believe in. And I I do like the Niners. I I do think that they have a lot of talent. So I I would take the plus four and a half. I wouldn't go nuts. And I think think you're you're definitely going to get your money's worth in that game. So just just looking ahead, you know, we'll do this again next week. I think next week we'll get a little bit more into the playoff situation, specifically the Eagles and whatever their matchup is. And again, it'll be the the same kind of routine every week. We'll try to give a little tip, you know, I'll try to be give you visibility into some struggles that I'm dealing with and things that I'm implementing. I think everybody can relate in these times. You know, so much of the time we look at Instagram or Twitter and Facebook and we see the highlights of people's life. Very rarely are there people telling you about the struggles. And sometimes the struggles are are the most important and they can be the most beautiful. And so I always like the quote of the darkest nights bring the brightest stars. We can relate more to that than the Instagram page of all the highlights. And so I'll try to do as much of that as I can. I'm somebody I feel like who, who can really tell that story, who, who has had my fair share of struggles and really trying to get better and implement more and more things. One thing I'll leave you with is there's an app. It's called 10% Happier by Dan Harris. It's a meditation app. There's some other conversations with, with, with some people in it. And it, it's really helpful. I just got it last week. I've done seven days now. It's very, very helpful about some of the mindfulness stuff that we're talking about and to help us navigate through some of this craziness. So again, enjoy the game tomorrow night. Eagles-Dallas, always a fun game. Doesn't have the same Olympic implications as usual, but I think um, you know it, it's nice. It's a Saturday night, some leisure to kind of end the week. And I think that to try to be more mindful, not as emotional, right? And I think uh, it, it'll help. It'll help all of us moving forward here as we try to kind of get through 2022 and, and, and make some improvements. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, talk to you guys next week.